0: You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource.
1: Today, I have a really fun and inspiring interview with a Gen Zer. We don't get many of those here on The Real Well Show, although I think that's going to change soon as the Gen Zers Grow up to the, I don't know, ripe age of 25, 26. I'm Kathy Fetke. Welcome to the Real Well Show. Today's guest, Donato Callahan, was a high school valedictorian who went to college to study biology, ended up getting a prestigious Department of Defense SMART scholarship, went on to become a Boise State Magna Cum Laude graduate while volunteering in South Africa and studying wildlife ecology in Western Montana and also becoming a real estate investor while in college, just an incredible person. He is now helping other real estate investors with some software that he's created that helps with the research needed to find the right property for investment. Donato, welcome to The Real Wealth Show.
0: Thank you so much for having me, I appreciate it.
1: So you have a great story. Let's start with how and when you got started in real estate investing, because you're so young.
0: Yeah, uh, I got started uh, during COVID-19 when you know we all had that free time on our hands.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of free time, but a lot of people weren't spending it buying real estate, although we were. <laughs> uh, but you were still in college at the time?
0: Yes, I was. Uh, I'd actually just finished up um, eight weeks in the Montana wilderness, uh, four weeks out in South Africa on a, on a wildlife reserve, came back to college. That was January-ish, 2020, and then COVID hit. And I was there twiddling my thumbs like, what am I what am I supposed to do? So what did you do? What I did was start looking for ways to create wealth because just in that January 2020 uh, timeframe, I'd finally saved up enough money and my parents were saying, you should do something with it. And let's, let's say that thing is the stock market. So I invested in the stock market and I put almost $30,000 in. And that was January. And in March, I watched that number go to about... Uh, 13 <laughs> because yeah, oh. you know, uh, COVID hit and all of a sudden I wasn't in control of my wealth building vehicle. That was definitely the catalyst for me to ask, you know, is there another way? And looking at how can you, you know create your own wealth? How can you be in control of your finances? How can you be you know, independent? And that's when I found real estate, which led to me reading all the blogs, listening to as many podcasts as possible, calling as many agents as I could to ask questions about real estate before they said, you're not going to buy anything. Just Please don't call me back. <laughs> and uh, just getting information from wherever I could um, over the course of that ending semester and going into my senior year of college, and then at that point, I started looking for ways I could get on the on the job and you know, hands-on experience. So I found a property management company that was looking for a maintenance tech coordinator and applied, which got me in the door to do uh, you know move-in inspections, move-out inspections, handle maintenance requests, and actually get my eyes on properties. Uh, which was my initial, uh, you know, roll up into real estate.
1: And that is just so important. I I love this advice for other people that if you are interested, go work in the industry for somebody. And, and particularly in property management, that is a wonderful pra- place to start because if it's buy and hold real estate you're interested in, you need to know how to hold it or how other people are going to hold it and manage it for you. And it's a great place to start. So what did you learn there as a property manager?
0: Oh, how much work it is. <laughs> <laughs> what property management is um, it is a lot more, you know, if you hear about real estate being passive. I mean, that's maybe if you have the right property manager, but even then it's still not passive. There's still a lot of active work that goes into it. Uh, one, the fact that, you know, you are almost, resp- you're, not almost you are responsible for the experience for that resident that you're working with. And so they're going to have their own needs, they have their own priorities. And there are certain things that just cannot wait. If it's summer and the AC is out, you have to drop everything. You need to get the right people on the phone, having you know, a vetted list of contractors that you can work with to get out there and service that unit. It's really, for me, just being young and not having kids or you know, my own family yet, it was a really good experience in the fact that there are other people who are relying on you and are dependent upon you that you don't get to just turn off your phone and say, no, I don't feel like it right now. You have that job to do, and you have people whose their own kids, their own pets, their own families, you know, are needing the service that you provide. So it was a really good, you know, kind of segue into being responsible for so many families. So we had, you know, 200 under management at that point in time, I think. And it was a lot of different people writing in, doing requests, and learning how to work with people where they were at, and how to manage all the contractors and provide that service that people are willing to pay for on the investor side. It's a great experience.
1: Be nice to your property managers, people hear what was just said. It's a hard job. That's why you're not doing it. That's why you're hiring someone to do it. And we really need to send uh, cookies to our property managers or
0: something. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So then, uh, then what did you start to see some of the, you know, meet some of the landlords or uh, you know, what, what turned you on to then wanting to be a landlord?
0: Yeah, so the same people who own the property management company also own a brokerage, and they were doing residential real estate in the Boise area. So um, at that point, I, one of them was my mentor, who's an agent, and I had started a wholesaling company, and I ran that for my entire senior year of college. So you know, he helped me run my very first appointment. You know, pull comps, start sending out mailers, and doing phone calls, and uh, texting, and understanding how I can you know market, and control, you know, make money in real estate. At the same time, uh, whenever he sold the property, he would call me and say, hey, I have a client just bought here. Are you open to moving them in off the truck? You know, they they will pay you guys a couple hundred bucks, get some pizza and move them in. I'd say, sure. And so he'd have a client that does that move from California, coming to Boise. And then two weeks later, uh, you know, he'd sell another house to another one of their family members. And so I'd move them in and keep going because everybody was moving out of California to Boise that moment. And I would see that these people are coming in, they're buying houses. He had a rental portfolio, and I'm seeing the cash flow and I'm seeing the appreciation of mm. the properties that are in Boise. And like you're telling me, okay, great, couple hundred bucks a month in cash flow, that's awesome. But you're telling me this property is appreciating right now, like 20% per year, and you just get that for owning it. Like, okay, <laughs> this makes sense to me. I think this we definitely this is something going on here.
1: Yeah, especially in Boise. Don't you wish you bought every property you could get your hands on at that time.
0: Yes, especially when I was making offers and wholesaling too. When we we're talking to people, this is what I can do. And I talked to someone who's maybe in a bit more rural area and they're saying, man, I, I inherited this property 20 years ago for like 50 grand. You're telling me you can, you're can you gonna buy it for 350? I'm like, oh, I wish I was buying it for 50 grand, but yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what the prices were. Uh, so yeah, I really wish I had a massive portfolio in Boise uh, years ago
1: yeah okay, but you didn't buy there. Did you graduate in Boise? I and mean, is that where you're from? How did you end up there?
0: Yeah, so born and raised in Iowa, and I went to school in Boise State primarily because it stirred one of the major goals I had at that time, which was go to school without debt. Mm. I heard the horror stories about people who got a lot of student debt and how that can compound into your future financial decisions. And so I knew that whatever school I had to go to was going to be the one that had the best opportunity to graduate without owing anything. And so I went, saw Boise State. I had good enough grades in high school to get in state tuition there. And if I crunched the numbers, I said, okay, this gets me in the ballpark of being able to graduate without debt. I'll have to work, I'll have to do something, but it's close and it's doable. So I did look at the program, did look at the teachers, said, you you, you, you can work with my financial goals. We're going to go to Boise State. Uh, so after, Going there and I was running a wholesaling company for the entirety of my senior year. At that time, I was gaining more and more real estate knowledge. And I was talking to agents, property managers, other investors, and asking them the question: if you were my age, what would you be doing? And at your age, what do you and what, what are you glad that you did and what do you wish you hadn't done with respect to real estate? And the answer I got over and over and over again was house hack buy a property, FHA for a family, get in there, live for free. And so that really formulated one of my core beliefs when it comes to real estate, but also really anything. If You can talk to other people who, let's say have done this for something you want to do and they've done it for 10 years. And then you remove the ego, listen to what they have to say and apply it. Then even though you have no experience, all your actions are guided by 10 years of experience and mistakes and lessons that other people have already created for you. So that yes. if you just you know, repeat that process. And I talked to 10 people who have 10 years of experience. Now I have a hundred years of guidance telling me what to do. And a hundred years repeats my, you know, almost 24 years on the planet. So, uh, at that point I knew I was going to house hack and I knew that I was going to be graduating and going to St. Louis for my you know, first job. So I called an agent in St. Louis and said, Hey, I'm Donato. I want to be your best friend. And I want to be able to <laughs> house hack a property. So he started sending me deals off the MLS, one of those automated searches to send you things. And he'd send me one. I built out a small calculator and would see if which properties I could buy that would let me live for free. After doing that about 65 times, finally found wow. one and uh, put the offer in um, after the property came up for market on like uh, 4 p.m. on a Friday, did the quick and dirty analysis, called my agent. We got to make this thing happen, put the offer in, and I got it. Once I got Incredible. property, uh, we ended up closing it on the morning of my 22nd birthday.
1: Oh, just love that. Love that. Okay. Well, how did you get the money for the down payment? And then how did you qualify for a loan just when you're 22 and just out of college?
0: Yes. That was actually the biggest hurdle we had was that pre-qualified income and making sure that I was actually bankable at that point in time. Mm -hmm. First, the way I got bankable was via my offer letter for the job I was going into, which was um, a geospatial analyst for the Department of Defense here in St. Louis. So once I got my offer letter that had a salary offer on it, I was able to use that with the bank to say, this is no kidding, how much money I'm going to be making? And then they pre-approved me based off that number to get the money for the actual uh, pr- uh, home was all me. There's no other assistance came through it. And I got that money by, in part, working jobs in college, saving up, wasn't a big spender. But most of that cash came from the scholarship opportunity that I had won. So when I was a freshman in college, I was looking, you know, like most college freshmen do, how to not pay for college, please, and how to go to a lot of fun trips. But I found a scholarship opportunity called the DOD Smart Scholarship. Really competitive, but the cool thing about it was, if you win, they'll pay for your school. They'll pay you a salary while you're in school, but you got to come work for them when you graduate. So I decided, you know what? I'm young. I don't have a reason to believe that I shouldn't do this. So I threw my hat in the ring, and I ended up winning at the end of my first wow. year. So I took that salary, and you know it was substantial. They were paying me uh, twenty five grand a year to go to college, on top of paying for school. So. <laughs> That's so brilliant. So I was, you know, my friends were uh, going out, they were going to trips and they were partying and I just slipped that money, I saved it. And I just put it in the account and I just held on to it until I found the right opportunity, which was, I thought at that point, investing in the stock market. So I put almost all of it in. And at that point, I, you know, my broker chose Apple and Lyft for stocks. And after my countless hours of research, and I said, I want to pick one myself, I chose NVIDIA not knowing what it was going to do. So that stock ended up going from, you know, before the split, $50 a share to like 330. So I just kept saving my money, held the asset. And when I got to the time it was time to sell, I sold out of my position, in those stocks and some of the money I'd saved up and put that directly into my four family house hack.
1: Tell me you kept a little bit in there though.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I've still got the portfolio going. You know, I do, I definitely believe in the value in the stock market as well. At this note, it's different than the real estate, but, you know, I don't think I'm an investor that just completely shuns it 100%. There's value in all these different vehicles. So I still have a portfolio growing as well, in addition to my real estate.
1: Well, especially that one. I mean, it just took off this year, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it's been fantastic. Even 2021, <laughs> 2022, AI, different uh, video gaming. Oh, yeah, it's, it's doing well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Clearly you're good at research. Um, and, and you, so how just off talk, off topic, but how did you decide that was the right stock?
0: Yeah. So I was looking at things like, um, one, what's the 52-week high? What's the 52-week low for these different stock portfolios? What industry is it in? Do I believe that this is a growth sector? So I was primarily looking at growth stocks or dividend stocks at that point in time. And I liked the industry that I was in. I liked that when I was looking to buy it, it was trading at a discount compared to 52-week 52 52 week all-time high, 52-week high. And then we also looking on the open market. I was looking for my grandfather, who was a prolific stock market investor. What list of 400 stocks is he following? As he might want to buy at one point, it's that's literally how big his list was. So I looked at his list, and then I looked at my research on what stocks I thought were trading at a discount compared to where I think they were going to go, which is about 20. And then I looked at on the on the open web, you know, people who were looking at what stocks are the up and comers, is copying their list, making a massive spreadsheet, and looking for commonalities. As I compared all of my notes, I was seeing NVIDIA kept popping up on different people's lists for different reasons, but it was common. And I'm thinking there must be something here in addition to my own research that makes sense. So I leveraged that and decided I like the industry, I like the growth potential, and I decided to make that a third of my position, which ended up paying for a house axe. So I'll call it blind luck, uh, but it was um, a culmination of a lot of different resources.
1: Yeah, I mean, a combination, right? It's... Uh preparedness meets opportunity is luck right that's a good mm-hmm. one okay so how did you use that same methodology for finding the the real estate you want to invest in
0: oh geez, it is crucial so when you're looking at you know real estate something i believe above almost all else is location matters it's part mm-hmm. of the reason that location 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 is that golden rule because we were talking about Boise a little bit earlier you know the people who owned that house in like 2000 2005 2010 the house I like didn't change. Floor plan didn't change. The, you know, maybe the re- re- renovation maybe didn't happen. But where they were at provided to be the most valuable asset they could ever have. Where appreciation started doubling and tripling, quadrupling their property values. So when I'm looking for real estate, the first thing I'm looking at is where is it? And I'm looking at <laughs> all these different factors like, one, what's their local rents look like? Are those increasing? Or what the schools nearby, how they ranked, how the population, how the jobs, how are you know things like crime and development activity. Because if I'm buying a piece of real estate, I want to buy it with my intention of holding it for the long term, which means I need to be buying it on the wave of all this progress and growth that's about to come. So I leverage all that research into making sure that I'm going to be buying in real estate, and basically not just investing in a property, but investing in a community that I can be a part of for a long time.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Um, going back to your first purchase, that is exactly how rich and I got in is house hacking for those who don't know what that means. Will you explain what house hacking is?
0: Absolutely. So a traditional form of house hacking is, you know, leveraging a property such as a four family building and living in one unit and renting out the other units to cover your uh, monthly expenses. So your principal interest taxes, insurance, ideally all your utilities and other vacancy costs, and if you're really fortunate, being able to actually have some cash flow on top of living for free,
1: yeah, it's brilliant. And then with the FHA loan, how much did you have to put down?
0: Only three and a half percent. You know, FHA was off. You know, amazing. You know, they have the one year occupancy requirement, really low down payment, and you can get into a property that can help you live for free immediately. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, there's and and you know, low credit is acceptable. Like there's so many reasons. There's no reason why people shouldn't get be able to get into their first property in this manner uh we we didn't really want to live in a fourplex so we bought a really big house a six-bedroom house that we kind of turned into one we um partitioned it right and and put little tiny mini like a mini kitchen just a toaster and a microwave you know in Mm -hmm. in the different rooms and and we were able to house hack that way so i could still live in a beautiful home in a good neighborhood because i we had little kids Mm -hmm. um but uh that's a wonderful way. We're still doing it today. We we still have rental properties on our property. We we have a little, you know, Airbnb on mm-hmm. on this site that pays for our mortgage and all the maintenance of the property. So it is a wonderful, wonderful way to get started. So there is absolutely no excuse for not owning property.
0: <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent. Whether it's a four family house hack, whether it's of one property that you then rent out the rooms, whether it's Airbnb and the same thing, whether it's an ADU house hacking. In all the secret forms, is the number one way people should be getting started. It's like, it's the first stepping stone to everything you could possibly do. It removes your likely biggest expense, which is housing. It makes too much sense to ignore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it may not be your dream home, you know, your first one. And it it probably won't be, and it shouldn't be. You know, you were still, you're just out of college. Who cares, right? You were used to not living fancy.
0: Absolutely. I was used to, you know, mattress on the floor, no problems. I'm in my own place. Like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fantastic oh that's great okay so how are you now helping other people do your do their due diligence so they make good choices
0: yeah so uh about a year and a half ago i co-founded a software company and it's all about making real estate market research simple by taking information like population growth job growth um you know crime build permit path of progress tracking rents basically all the information you need to know to buy a property and be confident in your decision and know you're buying the right areas, put it in one place, we put it on a really easy to read maps, so you can actually see what's happening as opposed to having to read a bunch of reports about it
1: yeah it's really fun we got to I, you know you showed me a demo and uh it's it's really cool so we'll have all the details on how to find out more about that in the show notes there'll be links there and a a code with real wealth that will give you a discount it's just uh real wealth is the the code that you would put in to get the discount what kind of discount is that that people get
0: yeah anyone uh, that signs up with real wealth will get 50% off their entire first month or 25% off your first year
1: and if you do it, you will be supporting Donato in his next investment property. <laughs> With the proceeds of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going straight to the next property. Um, you know, right now, uh, as I've transitioned into more real estate after the four-family house hack, uh, I got into commercial, commercial multifamily and syndications. And you know, we should be, we're closing our second property here in the next couple of weeks. So a, a dollar for Brian Investors is a dollar in the community of Texas where we're investing.
1: Oh, very, very exciting. Yeah. Great. So you're not uh, concerned about getting into commercial real estate at this time with rates going up and up and up?
0: No, I'm not concerned. But part of that is buoyed by the fact that we are very specific on the deals we're looking at. We're leveraging the right locations and we're being very picky on the criteria when it comes to the lending, the debt, all that type of information. Plus, you know, last year in July of 22, I closed my first one, which was a 172 unit in Waco, Texas. And this one is 120 unit in Arlington, Texas. And we really like those sub-markets because the population growth is strong. We have a lot of development going in around the properties as the single family side and commercial side. And we're being able to take on assumed agency debt. We're being able to have a lot of room on our loss to lease and our market rep premiums. And when you put all that together for these properties, it becomes a very attractive investment being able to expand into more, more doors, more units, while uh, being able to mitigate for some of those things like changing cap rates in its tumultuous interest rate environment.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I love Texas. People listening know that's where I got my start. Rich and I started investing in Rockwell, Texas in 2005. And today we're still investing. We have a single family rental fund in North Dallas uh, where a lot of the chip manufacturing is coming in. There's just, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, miles and miles and miles and miles of freeway expansion, cranes everywhere billion multi-billion dollar projects coming in it's and we're still buying stuff for under a hundred thousand when our last acquisition was fifty
0: thousand dollars that's insane absolutely no (laughs) way that's crazy
1: yeah we just uh my partner is a property manager in in the the dallas area and she just has relationship with wholesalers who are who don't really have the pool of investors they had last year, you know, because the pool of investors who would normally buy that $50,000 house that needs probably $50,000 in renovation is probably going to get a renovation loan that is in the double digits today. So the numbers don't make sense, but because it's a fund. And as you know, with a syndication, we're raising cash capital from investors. And, uh, so we get to just come in and pay cash and not have that construction loan, but we can refi kind of more the burr method. Once it's renovated, then we can refi into a a lower rate. So yeah, love Texas, big fan. Good for you. That's very exciting. Uh, okay. So you're only 24 now. Where Uh, do you see yourself in next week? Yeah. Next? Not even. Oh my gosh. Okay. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Uh, Retired. At the old age of 33. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Hopefully retired. Um, So the goal is to, (laughs) one, continue to uh, serve more people. We have a goal of helping over 100,000 investors with the platform, buy their first property, scan their portfolios want to keep expanding my commercial multifamily property portfolio and some things in the residential side of multifamily. I actually just started getting into some of the midterm rental, uh, short-term rental side of things with some traveling nurses. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but ideally I would love to be doing some of my favorite hobbies, uh, with my family, which includes board gaming, bit of a nerd when it comes to board games. Uh, but I love those big clunky 15 hour gauntlet of games, uh, I live with my whole family. So ideally, I'm sitting somewhere in a cabin with them playing some games uh, with my own family, uh, ideally, in just about 10 years.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, our uh, marketing director at Real Wealth is a gamer. And I thought I thought that meant like electronic. No, no, no. She goes to conventions in Vegas where people just play board games. Who yes. knows?
0: Yes, that's <laughs> happening in two months. I know exactly what she's talking about. It's the World Series of Board Gaming in Las Vegas. I cannot wait to go. It's a whole tournament and. In- you hired the right person. Let me say that. She, she's per- that person's perfect. She's
1: amazing. When you see the only female there, that's her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll look for her and say real wealth, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's Amy. So yeah, look for her. All right, Donato. It's been really a pre- pleasure to have you here on the real Wealth show. Just fascinating. And people like you give me a lot of hope for the future. I hope, I hope a lot of young people feel that too. And know that the world is your oyster. There's still plenty of opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for creating platforms like this that give us the opportunity to share our stories and learn from other people who've done this business and kind of trade information and make each other better. So thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you.
1: And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you want to find out more about my single family rental fund in Texas, just go to growdevelopments.com growdevelopments.com. Uh, we are still taking investments until November and we're also starting a build to rent fund very soon and another entitlement project with one of our members' favorite developers. You will find out about those if you sign up at growdevelopments.com. They're not posted yet, but they will soon. So if you'll get on the list, you'll be among the first to hear about it. Uh, the entitlement project is with a long, long time developer. It will sell out quickly. So if you want to find out, be sure to join at growdevelopments.com to get on that list. You do have to be an accredited investor to do that. If you're not accredited, well, just go to realwealth.com and you'll get lots of information on how to become accredited by investing in real estate and growth markets, which we love. Also, if you want to learn to become a developer, I have been a syndicator since 2009, back in the middle of the great recession when real estate just crashed and land was 10 cents on the dollar. That's when developers came to me and said, you know, if you can raise money, we can buy a lot of really great foreclosed land projects that are half complete. All kinds of amazing opportunities. So we started that again in 2009, and I'm still working with some of the same developers. I've done projects with other developers that did great, but also some that didn't go as well. So I have decided to put together a development course that's for investors, but also for people who want to develop land, maybe bring an ADU on their property, or maybe they want to subdivide, or they found some land and they want to build an apartment or a home or whatever. I'm going to bring on the different developers that I've worked with over the past decade and a half to uh, share what they've learned what their systems are, what works. I'm going to share what does not work that we've learned over the years. And uh, you can find out all about that also at growdevelopments.com. It's under masterclass. And I'm, I'm just very excited about that. We'll also be meeting at some of our projects. Uh, we're going to have a weekend in Park City at that one to meet with the contractor there and the developer. There will be a group who, if they want to actually buy a lot together, uh, that will be part of the curriculum where we, uh, you know, have 10 people put in $50,000 and together we develop a lot where um, I think the returns are going to be really great and cover the cost of the development program. So really exciting. Again, you can find out those details at growdevelopments.com under masterclass.